0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Surprise Jab Podcast. I'm your host Zach Ruger and as always surprising you with new topics every single week and jabbing you with your daily dose of UFC and we have a special guest here today live in studio we have the lovely Lexi Morley. Lexi say hello.
1: Hello. Um, I am the host's girlfriend who has mentioned me a few times because I'm that amazing.
0: You are. You're a very nice, you're a very nice girlfriend. All right, so Lexi, you are studying at the University of Minnesota. What are you uh, studying? Twin Cities. University of Minnesota, Twin Cities, the main one, the, the gophers.
1: One. I'm studying biology and on a pre-med track.
0: So what is the goal there?
1: Um, To either go into PA school after I get my bachelor's or med school. Not sure which route I want to go yet, but. I want to go into pediatrics, so definitely one of those.
0: Was very, it was a very interesting, very difficult major to choose. Is there anything else you want anyone to know about you before we dive in?
1: Um, Not really.
0: All right, then we'll,
1: we'll get going. We're going
0: to be going over a number of things with you today. To start off, though, before we begin, for any of my UFC fan listeners, we will be doing a exclusive episode about that next time so there will be no ufc this episode but we will be dealing with that coming up recapping ufc nashville and the jake paul versus nate Diaz card but for us we'll be talking about some movies we've seen recently we've seen a number of movies um we'll be talking about um your family some of the things that um are going on in your life All sorts of things, your dreams in life, your goals, all your aspirations and stuff. So are you ready to dive in?
1: Sounds good.
0: All right. So for starters, I know you wanted to talk about the Barbie movie. I know I already recapped that, but did you have some thoughts about the movie?
1: Um, Well, I know you liked it because of Vern Gosling, but I actually liked it just as a young adult woman, teenager still. Because it actually showed, although, like, the part in when they first got to the real world was a bit dramatized. Like, that is actually something that I think almost every single woman I've ever met has experienced. And it kind of just, like, hit home. Because it's, like, remembering our childhood, but also kind of what women have to do with us as they get older. So, I thought it was very good.
0: You're right. I did enjoy Ryan Gosling. I gave it an 8.1 out of 10, I believe. Or an 8.3 out of 10. We'll say 8.2 out of 10 then. What did you give it?
1: I would give it like a 9.5.
0: Woo! Very high on Barbie. I mean, I'll have to rewatch it. Because you can always give an official... Or you will know how you truly feel about a movie when you rewatch it. Because recency bias is a real thing. I know I feel about that whenever I watch a lot of Marvel movies. I'm always super high on them. And as I slowly... As time slowly goes by, I'm able to dissect which ones are good and which ones are actually bad. So, Barbie, 9.5 out of 10. What was your favorite moment from that film?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I think the part where all the girls, and they were, like, trying to figure out what to do, and Barbie was just, like, really depressed, and she was having a mental breakdown. And then the mom of the daughter just, like, starts going off about, like, how, like, all the standards that women are held to and how it's, like, impossible be a woman. And then Barbie's like, I don't feel pretty. And she's like, are you kidding me? You're beautiful. It was just, it was a really cute scene.
0: That is a good scene for girls. I know my scene definitely is the I'm just Ken part, that whole montage. I mean, that's definitely what solidified that as a minimum 8 out of 10 movie for me. So I think we definitely took um, different different parts from that movie on why we liked it. But hey, Ryan Gosling,
1: definitely the star. (laughs) We're
0: gonna get to some more Ryan Gosling later in the episode. Staying on the tune of that, we also watched the notebook for the first time this past weekend. I had never seen the notebook a staple, I feel, that all women watch, all couples watch. And I I I will go as bold to say that it was a this is definitely recently biased, a nine a nine out of ten. I'm going to give The Notebook a 9 out of 10. I very much enjoyed it. What about you?
1: Definitely a 10 out of 10. I've seen it, I don't know, like 20 times in my life. And it just, like, is amazing. Every single time, I'm never... It never gets boring. Like, I never get sick of watching it. It's just... It's amazing. I
0: actually was at the library, and I saw the book. I didn't realize that was actually based off of a book.
1: Yeah. He has made... Um gosh, I can't remember the title, but there's another book that they made a movie out of with Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana. Lena? Liam Hemsworth? No, not Hannah Montana. Is Liam Hemsworth the one that she was married to? Yes. Yeah, so they were they actually met in that movie. I can't remember the name. Um but anyway, they met in that movie and that's when like they got started dating got married. But yeah, he writes a lot of credit um, credit to romance him That's a, that's impressive. That's
0: that movie is one of the I don't think it's highest Grossing, but I know it's one of the most popular streamed movies. I saw something like that, but I don't know. I very much enjoyed it. I thought the whole angle of she's losing her memory, but he's keeping it alive, and it ends with them both remembering at the end. I mean, that is just beautiful storytelling at its finest and we also watched jesus revolution now streaming on netflix i know we'd wanted to watch that for a while as two young christians i very much enjoyed it and i would give it an eight out of ten i don't know what would how are you feeling about the movie
1: um maybe the same maybe like 8.5 closer to nine um i really liked it it was kind of like not confusing but a little like I don't know, fast, but also kind of slow at times, but it was still really good.
0: I felt it was able to work well with the budget it was with. I didn't know what it was even going in. I mean, even as it began, it kind of starts out confusing. It shows you a clip of later in the film to start out the movie, and then it basically just like cuts like a year before, and you're kind of like caught off guard. But I still think it was able to do good. It stars. Kelsey Grammer, who is, I remember him from his role in Transformers, Age of Extinction. He was the one of the main bad guy humans. And it also stars Jonathan Romy, who plays Jesus on The Chosen. And I, I liked his character angle in this movie. Thoughts for you? Did you enjoy him as an actor?
1: Yes, I did. It was definitely a lot different than his, obviously, Jesus role in The Chosen. But it was also kind of, I don't know, like he also had the same vibe, but um, it went to his head. But it was just really cool to see like him not just as Jesus and this perfect guy, and as a actual human who's flawed.
0: Yes, truly, it shows the versatility of him as an actor. Because, I mean, I know for Jim Caviezel, once you play a role like Jesus, I mean, it's really hard to unsee you as that role. So being able to do more as an actor is certainly impressive and actually i actually saw a fact the other day that actors are one of the least successful um jobs that there are more actors that don't do well than do well which is weird to think because you see actors all the time making all the big money and stuff but that's just how it goes um well actually staying on this movie topic i mean we're pretty big movie people honestly we watch a lot of movies don't we
1: yeah, yeah.
0: You saw the um Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. i I know that's more for kids. If you could if you could even give it a ranking, what would you give it?
1: Well, okay, it wasn't by choice. Um I don't know, like a six six maybe. I think if I was a young seven year old boy, I would have enjoyed it much more. Um, kinda cringy at times, they threw in words like Riz. And, gosh, I can't remember like the other ones, but just was it like us, yeah, yeah, like sus and stuff, and I'm just like, this is a movie for like ten year old boys, seven year old boys, and they're throwing in words that like people my age and have used. It was just kind of weird, but it was it was cute.
0: I know it's getting decent reviews, but it is hard to watch some children's movies nowadays, the older you get, I won't lie, it does get difficult. But, you know, whatever, whatever the box office likes, the fans seem to like. I, I personally won't see it as an interesting looking animation style. I do know that, like, Ice Cube, John Cena, Paul Rudd, they're all voice actors in the film. But not for me. I, I, I was interested in seeing The Meg 2. Did you see a trailer for that?
1: Um, Like five seconds of a trailer.
0: <laughs> the first one was pretty good, but I've been hearing it's horrible. I've been seeing some terrible reviews I know from Lights Camera Barstool or whatever their page all their uh, movie critics were giving it pretty bad scores. So I don't know if I'm going to check that out maybe if we well, have free time.
1: You didn't say that about Barbie and then you ended up loving it. So. This
0: is true. I was hating on Barbie and I was high on Oppenheimer and after falling asleep the last hour it was I'll have to re- we'll have to rewatch Oppenheimer together. Would you do- would you do that? Yeah. It's 3 hours though, so you need some free time. Um, we'll get to the Ryan Gosling movies. We're going to rank our top five Ryan Gosling movies. I'm working on watching 10 Ryan Gosling movies, so I can do a top 10, and I'll put that in a future episode. But I do have top five. I'm actually currently watching The Big Short. Have you seen The Big Short?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Very good movie. It's kind of about the 2008 housing crash and how Mm -hmm. these guys were, these like, uh, I don't really want to call them Wall Street guys, but these finance guys—they were able to determine it and profit off it. And stars Ryan Gosling, so you know mm-hmm. I love it. So, Lexi, what have you been up to lately? Anything, anything fun as of late? Um, places mm- you've been? Anything?
1: Oh, I did take a vacation to Colorado. Um, we stayed in this town called Larkspur, which is pretty close to the cities and it was an hour from the National State Park or actually it was a little bit over that, which was not that bad considering we had a two day car ride just down to Colorado. (laughs) But it was it was amazing. Definitely my favorite place I've ever been. I would move there if I wasn't going to college. Um I just I love the mountains. I love the whole national park. Everything was just so beautiful and peaceful down there.
0: They do the mountains are their own like I know for people, I've seen the ocean, and I would you compare the mountains to seeing the ocean? It's just a very surreal sight when you first see them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've also seen the ocean. It's, like, it's like cool, but the mountains are just, it's just a whole different vibe. Like, it's just, you can't really compare them because the ocean's just water, and it's, like, yeah, it's so pretty, but it's, like, you're just looking at water at the end of the day, but the mountains, it's just, like, there's so many just unique things things in the mountains
0: i would say that how i view the oceans and mountains is they're just these monstrosity of untamed wilderness like deep in there's so many mountains we haven't even been to in the world and there's parts of the ocean we haven't even been to and it's just this immensity of how wild it is and untamed and humans just it's not their domain and it's very cool you're able to you got to go hiking didn't you
1: Mm-hmm. we want to uh... I actually cannot remember what this one place was called, but it's this huge, like, red rock area of, like, these... They're There weren't mountains, but they were, like, these huge kind of just rock structures that were red, and there were some white ones. So that was pretty cool. We hiked around there, and then we also just hiked in the Rocky Mountains themselves. And we drove up to this place called Pikes Peak, which was the highest elevation in... Gosh, I don't even know. I don't know if it was just Colorado and the Rocky Mountains or like large ever. vicinity. It was what was it like fourteen thousand feet Ooh. up or something like insane, like the highest peak in Colorado, I believe. That's very interesting. And
0: the journey how how long was how long is it to drive from Minnesota near the Twin Cities to? Just outside of Denver, Colorado. Because you guys didn't fly. You drove the whole way.
1: Um, If you drive straight through, I want to say it's like 16 to 17 hours sounds right. Maybe 16. Um, but we couldn't drive straight through and just stops with the whole family that we have to take to use the bathroom and then eat and get gas. It ended up being we had to take a two-day trip and sleep overnight. So it was it was very long.
0: That is... That is very crazy. I know I haven't personally been on long road trips like that before, but you have tons of experience in that domain. What are some yes. uh, What are some other places you've been to?
1: Well, I we go to or not Colorado. We go to Tennessee a lot. I haven't been there in two years actually, which kind of sucks because I have my aunt and cousins who live down there, um, cousins who are like closest to my age, and they moved away. I don't even know. It's probably like or something maybe a little bit younger when they moved away and so we kind of made it like an annual trip to go down like once a year and try to go down there and visit them and that's always a two-day trip because I think it takes close to like 19 hours if you drive straight through to get to where they live in Tennessee so yeah
0: that's very far I've the farthest I have been gosh what is that east I've been to Florida and I think that's about it and that's It's it's not even really considered the East Coast, is it this? Florida's just its own type of area, actually. And I did verify Pikes Peak is the highest summit of the southern front range of the Rocky Mountains. So you were at the... Did you go to the highest point? Pikes Peak, yeah. Pikes Peak is the highest point. Pikes Peak, 14,115 feet. That is very high.
1: Yes, it felt weird. It It was definitely... You could tell how high up you were because it was hard to breathe like deeply and kind of at all and I got a headache after like five minutes.
0: And you were touching the clouds weren't you? Didn't you get to pass through a cloud almost
1: or something? That was not at Pikes Peak that was just in the national park but yes that was very cool. It was kind of during like sunset and the clouds just like got low because it was pretty cold and dewy and yeah we drove like straight through a couple of them. That was very cool.
0: What are some uh, other states you've been to? I know you've traveled around more than
1: me. I honestly can't remember all of them. I've been almost everywhere in the Midwest except maybe, like, Michigan, I think. Um, I've driven through almost every state around the Midwest. Um, been to Missouri a couple times, uh, Illinois, Iowa, all those ones. And then also going far out, we've been to Montana. That was also amazing. Um That's about as far west as I've been, Colorado, Montana. Um, I've also been to Florida a few times, um, Virginia, and then Washington, D.C. and up around there. So, yeah.
0: If you had a dream state you could live in, what would it be?
1: Colorado or Montana. Montana, interesting. Yeah.
0: That's a state I definitely want to go to. I always see people there. Uh, I believe it's there that you can see, like... I don't know how to phrase it. The real night sky with like you can see like the whole all the stars and everything and the color of it. Yeah. Without Mm -hmm. the was it the light?
1: Just of cities. Yeah.
0: It's it's called something. It's light pollution. That's what it is. Light pollution from just all the electricity, the lights that we all use. That'd be very cool. But I don't know about you, but I wouldn't really want to go. How do you phrase it? Like raw camping just in the middle of Montana.
1: Well, yeah, I wouldn't. I can't really do tenting, but I would definitely like rent out a camper or just even a small little, um, like cabin home or something down there.
0: I agree. I'd I'd stay in a um, an RV or something. something you could set up, but the idea of camping is always fun. And then you're sitting on the hard ground in a tent and,
1: and bears. No, you gotta bear-proof everything around Montana and Colorado. So.
0: Gosh, bears! I ugh, those the, they're cool in zoos, but I mean in the wild, I don't know. Oh, we've actually had some by my house. I said I think I've sent you a video of one that was walking in our house. Just a black bear, but I mean, still immense
1: in its power. So, um, Lexi, where'd you grow up at? Um, Wyoming, Minnesota, in a very tight neighborhood. Um, I lived there for want to say 13 years and then the house just got too small for my family it was meant to be a starter home but life just got busy and mm-hmm. we ended up staying there um so then we moved out and then moved to Stacy Minnesota which is like it was like 10 minutes away from not where we were either. living in Wyoming and yeah those are the only two places I've been
0: Go to school in that area as well. The Force Lake High School District. That's also where
1: I went. Went to elementary school, obviously in Wyoming. And then went my, after sixth grade, it was kind of weird because they were doing all these like renovations and stuff with the high school and the middle school. So I went to, it was called Southwest Junior High. It was seventh, eighth, and ninth grade for one year. But then after my first year, my seventh grade year, they closed that down. And they moved ninth grade into the high school. So then I had to go to what they call now just for it's like, middle school, I think. Everyone called it Century back then because that's what it was before. Um, Southwest closed down. But then I went there for my 8th grade year. And then I went to the high school for the rest of my years, ninth through 12th. And that was kind of weird because it's like I I was in elementary school. And then I went to two middle schools and then a high school. So I was in four schools in four years. A
0: variety of schooling.
1: Yeah. So, siblings, parents, who who who'd you all grow up with? Some pets. Um, so, I have two younger brothers and then one older sister. Uh, my older sister is like 10 years older than me, so she moved out pretty early on. And now it is me and my two younger brothers. One is 15 and one is 12. Um, I had a dog growing up, but she was just too hectic and too much for our small Wyoming home. So, we had two um give her to another family which is very sad
0: is that what your dad told you before he took her back? Was <laughs> it, it was, did you see this dog go to a new
1: family yes Thank we goodness. knew the family that she went to i was
0: hoping it wasn't an old yeller situation no, oh. she was she
1: was a young dog she yes she went to a nice family that loved the outdoors which is what she needed because our yard was not fit for her um energy levels and i also had a cat who Everyone tells me that they hated because she was so mean to them when they like were babysitting me, like all my aunts and stuff, and she hated people, and she would hiss at them and sit on the oh stairs gosh. and hiss at them. But, like, she loved me, I, so... <laughs> That's all that matters, then, yeah. right? Yeah, now I just have... I have one other cat, not the same one, um, which was my great-grandpa's, but then he passed away, and no one else wanted her, so... Now we have her, but I've grown to love her, even though... I begged my parents for a dog instead, but. And what is, what is her name? <laughs> her name is Katie.
0: Katie, I, I can't believe you. F- your family followed the trend, or was it your grandpa who? It was my
1: great grandpa because his past cats he named Katie, and this was oh. his like third cat, and he just didn't want to choose a new name, so it was Katie number three.
0: I I just never got behind naming animals human type names they're funny almost hey
1: finn is a human name i know a guy named finn yes
0: my dog's name there are scout and finn scout is the most typical dog name and i maybe if you're from ireland your name's finn but i i don't know about that um so what are some of your fondest memories growing up we'll start in elementary school maybe your old house or something
1: oh gosh i don't even know just playing with my younger siblings when I was very young, um, when my cousins from Tennessee and everyone still lived in state because now three, four, is it three of my aunts now moved out of state. Um, yeah, just kind of having like the whole family together, like when everyone was still around. And then I'd say as I got older, it would be being able to bike around my little Wyoming town with all my friends. We thought going to the gas station and getting our own snacks, was the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think that's all for middle school.
0: That's how most small towns are. We we don't even live in that small of a small town, but I mean, there's just nothing really around us. Yeah, I mean, and I know for some people that like driving thirty minutes isn't too bad, but just no one ever thinks to just drive thirty minutes to the cities, like the Twin Cities. I know I live thirty minutes, but you live like fifty minutes from. Minneapolis, Saint Paul.
1: Yeah, it's close to. Five but those minutes. have kind of
0: fallen off. They 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 get kind of dangerous there at nighttime.
1: Yes, they do. I've already had some encounters, even though I'm not living there yet. So. Oh yes,
0: do you want to share your encounter with the homeless? <laughs> the homeless down
1: there. Um. Well, so my friends and I had all just turned sixteen. Um. We went to this restaurant down in Saint Paul. Very popular restaurant. areas. Ooh, Cassetta's, wasn't it? Yes.
0: Very good food there.
1: Area had been pretty safe since we knew of. Um, However, we were dumb and didn't wait in the line for the parking lot at Cassetta's. And parking down in St. Paul is crazy. You have to either parallel park on the side of the street with traffic going right by you or try and find a parking lot and pay. Um, But, of course, we didn't wait. And so we parked, I don't even honestly know how far it was, a couple of a mile maybe a little bit more away at like the children's museum or something the most randomest thing because we were just stressed out and we were just like all right let's just park here and so we go to dinner we walk there it's fine maybe kind of run into some construction and get a little bit lost but it's nothing too bad and then we finish dinner it's getting kind of dark and we're like shoot now we have to walk all the way back to the car we're full we're tired and then we're walking, it's getting pretty dark, and everything's fine, and then all of a sudden we come to this, like, kind of bigger open area. There's, like, a whole, like, there's, like, this huge circle of concrete and stuff, and we're walking kind of by, what's the hockey arena?
0: The XL Energy Center?
1: Yes, I believe we're walking by that, and um, we just, my friends noticed these guys were kind of, like, following us. Not super closely, but it's... They were just getting kind of too close for our comfort. It was one guy at first, and then another guy like, kind of joined in with him. And we're like, all right, we're just going to keep walking. Like, we're, We just need to get to the car. We're kind of almost there. And then we get to this big, huge circle open area in the middle of the city, and there's just a whole group of homeless men. Um, and they're like a lot older than us and a lot bigger than us, and we're just walking mind our own business. And then one starts yelling, all these slurs and curse words at us and really hateful things and then he's like he's threatening us and um then these other guys kind of join in and we are literally just afraid for our lives because like we don't know if these guys have guns they probably do and like we just don't know what's going to happen like are they going to take us right now are they just going to shoot us like what what do we do and I'm kind of falling behind because I think I was trying to have 911 like set up to dial and so I was looking at my phone my friends are like Lexi like get up here you're gonna you're falling behind and there's guys right behind you following you and so I freak out and my friends are yelling at me because they're all (laughs) worried about me and stressed and it was just it was a horrible experience and we made it past that group somehow and lost the guys who were following us and we made it to the car and we were like that was horrible we actually feared for our lives so
0: do you feel this is a lot of thing, a lot of, how I face? A, do you feel young women face this issue a lot when walking downtown? Oh, definitely. I
1: mean, that that's just like the one big time I've faced it. I've also faced it even in my small town of Wyoming and Forest Lake, which is, used to be not that bad. And like, it's just, I, women, especially teenage girls get harassed so often by just random men.
0: Oh yes, we were walking into um Target that one time and, um. That young boy yelled something. It's it stuck with me since. It it wasn't really like offensive. He said, he said he's overachieving. I think he was complimenting you, or maybe he was complimenting me. I don't know. But yeah. I I put that on a shirt. I've been working on some merch. If you didn't know, um, when I had Ryan on, he uh, used the the uh, the term chain brother. How do you feel about that chain brother? And he overachieving
1: shirts. I. Don't think I would go for the first one. Maybe, maybe the second. Don't like the Chain Brothers shirts. <laughs> I that, was the, that was the that was
0: because I got him a gift. But staying on this topic. Women in other countries don't deal with this. I know maybe in some. Th- that's too broad. Didn't you? Didn't we see a video of a woman in Sweden walking alone at like midnight through a park, and she was perfectly fine?
1: Um. No, actually, a professor that I met, who is a professor at my college that I'm going to said, I honestly can't remember which country it was, it was either, like, Sweden or Finland or Norway, like, something like that, um, probably leaning towards Sweden, I honestly, I can't remember, but she lived there, actually, and she has a daughter who is my age, um, and her daughter and her would both, like, separately go out at night and just, like, bike home, like, from the store, or they would just go on a walk in the middle of the night at, like, 2 a.m., And feel perfectly fine because there was, like, nobody around and they didn't have to feel unsafe at all. Like, they never got harassed, even in the city. It's just, like, I could not imagine going out in the city or even just kind of, like, any town and feel safe walking alone, especially at night as a young woman.
0: I, I truly believe that. And I, you know, not to get too much into, oh, men are like this, women are like this, but I just personally never felt like that now i do i think i'm aware of danger i'm aware of when situations are bad i do recall me and my dad actually this is this is actually it was around the xl energy center we left the wild game so clearly if you're walking around the xl energy center you need to be on high alert but um we ate at this very nice restaurant the dark horse and then we were just gonna go and try and find parking but there was a guy there who was like hey i actually bust people over there for like really cheap you guys should go. And me and my dad are like, okay. And we walk around back to this alleyway and there's just this white looking van. And I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to die. This is not good. But there were some other people with us and we all got in and he actually bust us over. I was like, okay, this is, this is very nice. And the game's over. I believe we won like six to one against the penguins. This was like in 2015. And we're leaving, and we're like, where's the bus? Where's the bus? The guy said he would be here, and the guy never showed up in his little white bus van to pick us up, so we had to walk. It was a solid 20, 30-minute walk back to where we had parked, and we passed this homeless man. I'll never forget this. My dad moved me from his side to—I from my. I was near the homeless man. He moved me to his other side as we were walking. And I looked directly at this homeless man, and he looked at me, and he licked his lips. And that image will never leave my mind, this Santa Claus-looking homeless man licking his lips at me. And I i just suppose it's all about being aware of your situations. And as for you at the University of Minnesota, I hope you're aware when you go out.
1: Yes, I will not be traveling alone, probably ever, unless I'm just running from class to class on my dorm. Um, I will—I just, I just won't. I just. I just— I will not feel safe, especially just knowing that there's stuff that has happened on campus already is just would freak me out.
0: Yes, it's a real danger. So if I could leave the viewers one thing, I would just say be aware of your surroundings wherever you are, especially if you're in a city at night. But speaking of college, trying to move to a happier term, um, you're going to be an incoming freshman. What are some things you're excited about for your first year of college?
1: Definitely excited about the sports.
0: Yes, you got good sports teams. We at University are a top,
1: uh, Big Ten football team. Not top ten, yes, Big yes, Ten, Big Conference. Ten. Sorry, <laughs> you're not that good yet. <laughs> okay, and our Gopher um, hockey team is actually pretty good too. I didn't get a season pass for that because they sold out in literally like five hours the student season passes. So that was very sad. I did get a football pass. Very excited for the games. The energy just looks amazing. I've been to. I think maybe like one game in the past but you know that was with my family and so now to be a student there is going to be a whole different level of fun um and just the like social interaction and kind of freedom of it I've already made a handful of friends at orientation and other college like little things we've had to go to and I'm just I'm actually really excited because I was so nervous about making new friends but it's honestly not that hard and it's kind of been pretty easy and i think that it's just gonna be really fun to beat new people and just kind of get out of my small town that i've been in for since ever i was born
0: Uh, i will say after two years down i'll be heading into my junior year at minnesota state mankato i will say for your any incoming freshman the independence and freedom you have it can be overwhelming at times because truly right when your parents leave after you they've set you up in the dorm it hits you right away you're like i'm on my own now i can truly go to bed whenever i want i can get dinner whenever i want no one's telling me what to do now obviously you have rules you'll have hall monitors and not hall dorm monitors for your floor and you'll have professors telling you what to do and you can't you're not you can't be reckless but you truly do learn how to function for yourselves that's why i do encourage everyone to go away to college And even get an apartment, maybe not. Maybe if you can't afford it in your second year, but if you're third year or senior year, I definitely encourage that. It teaches you even more independence on providing food for yourself. But I'm very happy that you're excited to go to college.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited for just to be at the U. I've literally wanted to go there ever since I was like 13 years old and having to clean the frat houses that we had to clean at the U because... My aunt worked down there and like leased homes or houses or apartments or something down there. And so I got stuck cleaning them. They are absolutely disgusting, but I just fell in love with the campus itself and all the architecture and everything down there.
0: Is it going to be full circle? You're going to go from cleaning the frat houses to partying in the frat houses? Is that we'll what's going to happen?
1: I don't know yet. We'll see. Yes.
0: Yeah, so we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to talk a bit about... What's like to be a young Christian in today's society. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. And we're back from our little break. So after watching the Jesus Revolution movie, I do have to say it really reminded me of just how good uh, Christian movies can be, because there have been some pretty t- stereotypical Christian ones in the—have you seen those types of movies, those very dull ones?
1: Um, yeah, I think so.
0: But it's like, they're slowly like becoming more blockbuster and such. And even the music, you know, it's definitely improving from the, your stereotypical Christian rock. You know, they now have rap now. They now have, like, hardcore rock. Yeah. Do you listen to artists in, sp- in particular?
1: Um, like, just Christian artists? Um, Elevation Worship, um, Maverick City, um... Halvi, Hal, what's his oh, name? Oh yes, Halvi, I believe. That him from TikTok. <laughs> um, a couple other people, I don't can't really recall their names, but I just kind of listen to like whatever songs I like. I don't really have a specific artist, however, I do have a lot of music from like certain groups, like Maverick City and Hillsong Worship and stuff.
0: Yes, I, I will say that I I was very, I was really fully open about my faith or I wasn't really fully involved in it, until I met you. And you encouraged, you were like, hey, we should do a Bible reading plan. And ever since then, I mean, that was in 2021. We've read our Bibles every day since, essentially. Just very good for you, don't you agree?
1: Yes, it definitely, it always, like, uplifts my spirits anytime I read it. And it just, it gives you something, like, a, something to do that's other than sit on your phone or watch TV or play a video game. And I think it's just good to take a break from electronics and just read and gain knowledge and Mm -hmm. that stuff.
0: And I think one of the main problems with Christianity today, which it's been going on for thousands of years, is that it falls into the stereotypical hatred. Like, we hate people who don't follow the ways of the Bible. We hate you if you're from a different religion, per se. And that's just not the case And I feel like that's what turns a lot of people off from even giving it a shot. Such as like, yes, will you be condemned for the way you live your life? Yes, but that's not the point of it. And it's almost as if you can't really force someone to be a Christian. That's just not possible. Forcing Christianity will never work. Forcing anything on someone rarely works. You have to sort of open the door for them. And they themselves have to walk in. Do you agree on that
1: statement? Yeah, the term that my family and everyone I know uses is you plant a seed and that's all you do. Like you either tell them the gospel. The gospel, the gospel, yes. <laughs> the gospel. <laughs> or you just kind of just like talk about God and put that question out there. Like, hey, what have you, have you ever thought about believing in God and if heaven or hell is real? And you just kind of plant a seed and that's all you can do. Like you can't make it grow yourself. That's... Only God can do that in that person if they want that. So, yeah.
0: And through all our time, there's been, in every era, there's been a new wave of temptation per se that truly makes it hard to be young and be a Christian in this society. Because you can't lie, the church is definitely associated with old people reading books over and over again. Can't you agree you don't think of it as for younger age people?
1: Definitely, yeah, that's why, um, personally, I feel the most welcome at, I've been to a few churches, like, my family has church hopped since I was little because my parents just didn't really find the one that clicked with them that they felt welcome and at home with, but I think I found the one, and it's actually an hour away from my house, an hour drive, so that kind of stinks, so I can't go every Sunday like I want to, but it's just, like, there's so many like young people there everyone is just so open and welcoming. they don't care what you look like, what your past is or where you come from like there's just so many people from different backgrounds in that church and everyone's just so loving and welcoming every time I go.
0: I love that and honestly churches have made may what is it make or break they make or break people they have made them or they have break them in the faith and it's very unfortunate because a church a church is a good foundation you know, such as having a baseball team, but you're not going to get better just from going to church or playing on a team. You have to put that work all on yourself. I think it's called that if you only work out spiritually on Sundays, you won't get fit, such as if you only work out in the gym on a one day a week, you won't mm-hmm. gain that much progress like you will gain progress, but it's not enough to stay consistent. And that is why having Bible plans is very important, you know, surrounding yourself with people. I know I struggle with that, is finding more people nowadays that can agree with me on my stance, on my faith. Don't you feel
1: I, you? I feel it with my peers. I definitely have a lot of mentor figures in my family that I can look up to. My grandpa was a pastor. He passed away a while ago, but um, his whole family, he had seven, six siblings, I believe. And they all just got, um, what's the word? Saved. Yeah, saved and transformed when they were all kind of young. And so, like, I look up to my, my great grandma and all my great aunts and uncles. Like, they're all just amazing and always on fire for the Lord. And even, like, my parents and my grandma and my other. It's just, I have a lot of mentor figures to look up to. But I do struggle with the pure side of it because like in my high school i just i didn't really have anyone who was really a christian like i was that i could like go to church with or just go to the youth group nights or stuff like that and so that is kind of hard and i'm hoping to try and find a community of people my own age like that in college that share the same beliefs as i do
0: i love that and when people talk about like christians don't they are not persecuted they persecute people I truly challenge you to bring in any casual conversation. Bring up Jesus and see how fast the conversation turns awkward. When someone who doesn't follow any of that goes, "Oh, I don't want you to push that on me," or "Oh, talking about reading a Bible, I, I don't, I don't need to read a Bible to see how I live my way of life." It's like people automatically get offended that you're even bringing it up, and you see all the satanic imagery nowadays, which. If if you don't believe in a forces of good and evil, then I don't really know what you believe in. And if you believe in the forces of good and evil, then you have to somewhat believe that there is a good father and a bad father.
1: Yeah. There's this actress. Um, I don't know if she does that anymore, actually, but her name is China Ann McClain. And she... Was
0: she anything that
1: um disney channel she had like this ant farm show and she's in a couple disney movies and she's very big in disney channel yes i think i've seen back in the day like when i was young and i loved her and she is now like a very strong saved christian and i love watching her she makes these videos of just like deep like spiritual christian talks and i saw this one recently and she said she was talking about how people you know everyone like is so offended by christianity all the time they're like you guys push it on us and then she said well if there was a snake in my backyard i invited you over to my house to hang out and there was a snake in my backyard and i walked outside and i saw the snake i came back in and then you were like oh i'm gonna go in the backyard to get some fresh air and i didn't warn you about the snake i would be a horrible friend because then you would get bitten and i could have prevented that i could have At least warned you about it and then you would have to make that decision do i still want to go outside and face the danger of the snake or do i not and it's she i thought that was a great like kind of like analogy of way to put it is that like christians we try to warn you about the devil and hell but you are the one who gets to make the decision on whether or not you believe that and want to take that warning
0: and it's a very real warning It is all real, heaven, hell. And one of the important things is that avoiding hell is not the goal. Making it to heaven is not the goal. It is truly learning who Jesus is. Because you can hear Jesus and you go, oh, Jesus is this, this guy that everyone worships and stuff. Yeah, I know he died on a cross. Yeah, I know all this, but I don't know much about him. But then you truly find out he can be your friend. He can be your father. He's always with you. You know, uh, one one thing about Christianity is that our God's omnipresent. He was in the past, he's in the future, and he's in the now. And honestly, no other religion has that, do they?
1: Um, Not that I know of, no.
0: Oh, yeah, I know that there's, I know Muslims, don't they believe in just one God, Allah? And I know you have Buddhists who believe in A number of things. I'm not even gonna dive into that before I get canceled. Before I can even take off with this podcast. But all I'm trying to say is, is that have an open mind when it comes to Christianity. Don't don't close it off as some propaganda or something. And nowadays, not to get political, but the media will easily label you if you consider yourself a Christian, right wing, a fascist, a racist, even, which has no correlation whatsoever. I mean, Christians come in all shapes and sizes and colors. I mean, we're, we're, we went to church Sunday, and I saw every, every race there. But the thing is, do I view them as that race? I just view them as a person. So truly, it's how you view everyone. That shows a lot about yourself. And once you come to the Lord, whenever you do or whenever you don't, but especially if you do, you will see that, oh, I have been led astray so long about all these things that are right and wrong. I mean, drinking... Like, having, having wine at dinner has turned into Saturday nights at the bar. I mean, falling in love with someone has turned into multiple nights of hookups. I mean, listening to a certain artist has turned literally into worshiping that artist. I mean, we have so many idols nowadays. It's It's definitely tough to stay focused as a young Christian. So much temptation.
1: Yeah. My roommate, she had a very unfortunate experience in high school um where these two acclaimed christian boys who i don't know i think they were a year or two younger than her at the time they just attacked her because they like asked her are you a christian she goes no i'm i don't really believe in that i'm more of an atheist and they started attacking her calling her all these curse words and slurs and everything horrible and saying she's gonna run hell and just like kind of making a joke of it but they were also like just attacking her for no reason and after that she kind of solidified her views like i just don't want to associate myself if that's what christians are like and um that's just really unfortunate because that's not what actual christianity is about it's about being like christ we want to be like jesus christ as much as we can and he did not attack like that at all he was all about loving and helping the sinners he did not attack them and saying like you're a horrible person you're going to hell like no it's we want to love everyone freely like Jesus loves us even though we don't deserve it at all and so I just I respect my roommate's um beliefs obviously and she knows mine and we like it along well because we respect each other's beliefs but I just think it's really unfortunate that that does happen too often, where people who claim that they're Christian attack others for not believing the same things they believe, and it's like that's not how our world works. That's not how you should. Um, what's the word? Like.
0: I can't. I can't place. <laughs> I can't place what you're trying to say. Unfortunately,
1: that's not how we should model Christianity ah, to other good. people. So
0: is it mm-hmm. is very important how you. Care yourself is how others will view your morals. And I definitely think I struggle with that, you know, engaging in even the littlest things. But one of the most important things when you're a young Christian, I mean, you feel on fire. Like you're like, wait a minute, this Jesus guy, I finally know who he is. I need everyone to know who he is. And immediately the first person you talk to, I know this happened to me. I asked someone I knew, I was like, hey, when was the last time you read your Bible? And he said, I don't need to read my Bible. And I was like, oh, man, well, I was just asking you, like, if you know Jesus, he's like, why are you bringing up all this religion stuff to me and even brought up to me a a bit ago? And I haven't really spoken to anyone else about it. I usually just kind of speak to people I know, like family members and speak to other Christians I know. And I have to realize that you can't be turned off because one person doesn't want to hear it. And the thing that you actually did is you planted that seed in them and they might not have even realized it. Have you dealt with any situations like that?
1: Um, I mean, sort of. Just kind of like people, old friends that I had, just assuming like that I was a horrible person because I was a Christian. And they just kind of assumed what I believed because they did not like religion at all. And I get that. I don't like the, like, rule religion aspect of it. I don't think that that's particular right I think of it as more of like a relationship with Jesus and God and you just want to be the best that you can for them and they just it's I don't know I don't really like the whole rule aspect of it and I know that's what turned kind of some of my friends away from it but it's definitely not how I experience it and I wish that everyone could experience it the way that I have
0: and I love that you've had such an amazing experience with it. I know I've been, I was introduced to it when I was little, but church was just kind of something like, oh, it's Sunday. We got to go to church. Oh, I got to sit through this. But one thing I did want to say for any anyone struggling with temptation with sin is that when you fail, because all fail and come short of the glory of God. That's a Bible verse, isn't it?
1: I think I heard the pastor say that. Am I right? Or think so. It's I mean, not those exact words, but yeah.
0: Yes, but all falls short is that you have yeah. to realize that the shame you feel it'll happen cuz you all feel shame. You're like, "Oh, I've fallen short." You know, when your dad asks you to do something and you do it wrong. You or you, you he tells you, "Oh, don't do this." And you do it. You feel shame, all right? You have to understand that that shame is not from him. He doesn't want you to feel shame. He wants you to immediately come back to him, repent. And when you hear, like, people say, like, you need to repent of your sins or you will go to hell. Repenting is going, look, God, I truly didn't want to do that. I did it. Teach me how to not do that and be faithful with you. And can you please forgive me of this? And he will, because that's the type of God we have. And it's very amazing. And, w- and one thing that I do note about the Bible is that people say, like, oh, I don't want to follow the Let's say let's let me backtrack. Let's say you don't believe in any of this stuff. The Bible. Not that. Okay, you don't believe in this. Do you mean to tell me it has bad teachings? Let me read you a Bible verse. Okay. This is Philippians 2 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. So let's say you don't agree with the Bible. Can you can you at least agree with these words that valuing others before yourself will make you feel good? Maybe if I treat someone else with respect, that'll make me feel good. Now, obviously you have to look over yourself. I mean, that's not what it's saying. But it's definitely saying, you know, if you take others' opinions into account, that'll take you wonders, you know? Because oftentimes, don't you feel we get caught up in our own views as being right? So when someone opposes them, you're wrong. Do you deal with... you? Feel like that's a good statement at all?
1: Yeah, I, I think so, yeah.
0: <laughs> Any thoughts on it whatsoever?
1: Um, like what? The thinking you're right? or
0: No, just, you know, people think that their way is always right. But at the end of the day, there is a set truth in life. Such as Democrat-Republican yeah okay you this is definitely not your domain so we're gonna move past <laughs> this but I have enjoyed talking I what to, you're saying you don't but it's okay. <laughs> I have enjoyed talking about um, just Christianity with you you know I feel like it's not brought up enough. I feel it's very important and I do encourage everyone to give it a try and if you if you don't like it, you know don't hate. Just go hey, maybe it's not for me and I'll go okay but you listened. And maybe, hopefully, you will find that is is truly the best way to live your life.
1: It is because um, a lot of people think that oh, like Christianity means you have to be this perfect person. That's absolutely not true. Um, God wants you to come as you are to Him. He wants you to be a mess. He wants you to be, you know, just like I'm. Like feel like you're making all these mistakes. You're a failure. Like He wants you to come to Him as that person and then he will change you you do not have to change before you go to jesus like that is kind of the whole point that's what's so amazing about it is that i fail like 20 times a day daily yeah and it's like he doesn't love me any less which is just crazy because like in a relationship if you mess up and you hurt your partner's feelings or you do something even worse like you cheat on them it's like that person will probably not really forgive you and they will probably stop like liking you as much or even loving you but it's like that's not the case with god or jesus like we do horrible things to them and they still love us unconditionally which is just amazing
0: an unfortunate aspect nowadays is people don't want the accountability especially the young christians Like, oh, Jesus is telling me I can't party. Well, then he's lame. Like, no, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, maybe Rebecca, I don't know Rebecca, that was just the lady's name I was using. Maybe if you didn't go and get blackout drunk, sleep with your ex-boyfriend, say a bunch of things to people that you may regret, curse words, that maybe you'd be happier if you were to just relax in your room, read your Bible, Go out with your friends. Not drink. Maybe you'd be happier that way. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But I know I struggle with stuff. You know, you easily get caught up in that college lifestyle. But everyone's always improving. In all aspects. I mean, I know you're improving a lot in life. You, stay, you mature as you grow up. Everyone does.
1: Yeah.
0: I very much enjoyed this chat about Christianity. Me too. I'll have to have you back. We can go over this a bit more. I need to start taking notes during pastor's sermons just any church i met yeah, yeah.
1: that would be very helpful because and you it's like right after you feel amazing but then it's like wait what did they exactly say
0: i do I remember sunday you know it's like you you hear the strat you hear this message and then literally it's later at night and you're like wait i'm not practicing what i was feeling so much earlier and it's weird but like everything in life we we live in the moment and as a moment passes, you can easily you can easily forget about what you were just trying to change your life about. Whatsoever. So mm-hmm. we're gonna take another quick break, then we're gonna get into a bit more about your family. Alright? Alright. <laughs> All right, we're back from our break. How have you been enjoying the podcast so far?
1: I like it. It's I don't like different from what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting you to talk about UFC the whole time, but I also thought it was going to be hard to talk and think about what to say, but it's actually been pretty easy. It's, it's kind of no, fun. I know.
0: You're definitely my first listener to be a guest because I know, I know you're, you're very good. You listen to my episodes I put out. I appreciate it. And yes, we are live on rss.com now. So hopefully this upload goes well. If it doesn't, then you'll obviously know because you won't be seeing this episode, but we're going to work on that. But we have a couple more things to talk about, Lexi. Then I'll let you go. But um, you do have two brothers. Um, one of them does have a terminal illness. Mm-hmm. Would you be okay talking a bit more about that? Maybe educating the viewers on it? Yes. So first off, what is this illness?
1: Um, the name of it, shortened name, is MPS. That stands for mucopolysaccharidosis. Um, he has type 2. There are, don't ask me exactly how many types. I know there's at Multiple. least. Multiple? There's at least like nine, ten of them now wow. Wow. because they just keep getting discovered. Um, he has type two, which is called Hunter syndrome, named after a guy who I believe they found first had it. Um, and it is a, um, I don't really terminal. It's, yes, it's, it's terminal, but it's um, he is missing a enzyme in his body that most people have if you don't if if you're not someone who has this disease you have this enzyme and um it basically like to dumb it down it just removes all the junk from your body like enzymes have a lot of functions but he's missing a specific one and the specific one is very helpful removes all the junk and helps everything be healthy and grow and because he's missing that um it has caused him to lose his ability to talk when he was younger he knew like a couple dozen words he couldn't speak in full-on sentences however he could still communicate with us over the years he has lost his um, ability to talk and then he has lost his ability to eat he now has a feeding tube Um, he has lost his ability to walk he used to be able to walk like, on his own. Well, he would run around a playground with me, like, we would play together all the time. Now he cannot walk, um, and he's basically lost his ability to swallow, he can't, you know, eat by himself, and he now has a tracheostomy, a trach, which is the thing in your neck that you see, like, some maybe old smokers have or something, and it basically just helps him breathe because his brain kind of forgets to breathe like out of his nose and his mouth which sounds weird but basically his brain is just slowly dying because of the disease the enzymes that are missing everything is just getting attacked and not able to remain healthy and grow and so this disease is a regressing one which means that instead of you know growing and getting better it goes backwards so basically he has reverted to a baby stage except with many um health issues and so yeah his just kind of everything gets like very more I don't really know what the word is but basically he's a lot he has lost his ability to do everything that I think most people like would take for granted like to walk to eat or talk or even like breathe on your own so yeah it's definitely hard um it's very different for everyone that has his disease. MPS type 2, the type that he has, runs only in boys. Only boys can get his type. However, other types of MPS and San Filippo, which is another type of MPS, um, girls can get it too. And we, the gene didn't run in my family. It was just, somehow it just happened. Um, it can be genetic though. And yeah, it's just some boys, they live to be 20 years old or even like 21 and they're still alive and they can still kind of talk, obviously not full sentences, but they can still communicate a little bit. They can walk for the most part. They might need some help. Um, But then other boys, they sadly pass when they're like nine or younger. And so it's a disease that is very ugly and takes away the lives of a lot of young boys and it's it's a lot it's sad
0: yes the, it's very sad to see and every single terminal illness disease is very sad but this one being a regressing one is certain it's certainly very hard on the family on your family as i've seen and i'm sure you know that you truly do see the progress detract after moving forward so i mean you were you were somewhat little do you remember the age when he first began to sort of regress per se
1: um i there's not really an age i mean starting from when he was little he had issues the reason why they diagnosed him is because after he was born he gosh i don't know exactly how old he was he was either between 6 months to a year um and he had had like a brunny nose constantly ever since he was born and he looked a little bit different he had a little bit wider nose but nothing like too drastic And so they took him to their pediatrician and they're like, we don't know what's going on. Like he's been having runny nose, like cold symptoms ever since he was born. This is not normal. And she was able to run some tests and remember that she had a patient back in medical school who had MPS. And she's like, let's take an x-ray of his bones. And the bone structure of MPS boys is very different. Their hands are curved. Their fingers are curved. They can't really open them straight like ours are. So their fingers are curved. Their bones are more fragile. And their backs are usually more curved. And their heads are tend to be bigger. There's a lot of physical um, qualities that look very different in MPS boys than someone who doesn't have MPS. So there's that. I mean... I'd say when he was diagnosed, like, he still had issues, he had to wear back brace because they thought it was just scoliosis, something they, they could fix because he had spinal, like, issues, it was misshaped, but then they were told that it is probably just the disease and there's nothing that they can do about it. Um, but I mean, he was a normal kid for the most part, he obviously, he had many doctor's appointments still, he was on many meds ever since he was born, to try and stop the disease, um... I mean, he lost his speech when he was, I'd say, probably like nine. Maybe fully is when he f- stopped saying any words at all. And then walking, I'd say he just stopped walking a, hand a couple of years ago, like maybe three or something. He could walk really? before that with like my parents' assistance. Like they would have to hold his hands, but he could still walk with them, like 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 a little baby. Okay. And we have to hold their arms and help them walk. It was like that. But he could still walk a little bit around, and now he... Unfortunately, his bones are just too fragile. His body doesn't remember how to walk, so he can't do that anymore. Um, But yeah, he stopped being able to eat just a couple years ago, too. Like, Maybe it was a little bit over three, I can't exactly remember. The trach is a new thing. He just got that um, in January, because <laughs> he was in the ICU. But yeah, it's, it's definitely very hard, and it's like everyone... I've had some friends who are like, well, you know, isn't it kind of easier since you've known he's going to die young? And I'm like, yeah, but it's also it's not something that we can actually prepare ourselves for because while we know that it's terminal and there is no cure or treatment that will save him from it, it's still like we have no idea when he will pass. We had no idea what this disease would look like on him because while it is very similar in all boys because it's the same disease – some of them, like I said, live to be 20 years old and they can still kind of talk and do like walk and stuff. And then other boys, they die when they're nine, eight, five years old. And so it's, you just, you don't know what to expect. And, um, yeah, so it's definitely not easier knowing that he's going to pass away at a young age because it's, it's still something like I've been worrying about that ever since I was little. Like, six years old I was you know worrying about like is he going to die tomorrow like it's just we just never know so that's why we don't take his time with us for granted at all
0: no never and he's been such a fighter I mean I've known you gosh probably two and a half roughly over two years at least and you know I have seen the disease take its toll but you know I've never seen someone fight it as hard as he has and truly, truly it's inspiring to see for someone that you can't directly communicate with, but you can just tell that he's 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 in there, and he's he's truly. I know he appreciates your mother and all that she does for him. I mean, that's I can't I can't even imagine that what it must be like for a mother have knowing that their children is going to unfortunately pass away. It's just terrible. And uh, what is your mother's um Facebook? I know people can follow the journey. I know they have NPS uh, donations.
1: Yes, the MPS um, National Society, they have like a website. I believe if you just type in MPS, it'd probably pop up. Or Project Alive is specific for MPS type 2. And they are always accepting money because these boys, there is no cure yet for any types of MPS. They have trials of new meds that they've come up with that they try, but all they do is prolong the death and they don't actually cure anything and they just don't have the funds for all the research that it takes to find a cure if there is one. So, yeah, if you want to donate, just type in NPS all capital letters, National Society, um or projectalive.org. They you could donate there or just like research if you want to know more about this disease, that's always a good place to look. They have a ton of information on there.
0: And I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't even ask to plug that if I hadn't been there at because he was in the hospital early this year for many months, and I've the doctors have already said like we don't know much about this disease because it's so um,
1: it's rare and it's yeah. I,
0: what's the opposite of heavily funded? Unheavily funded. It's a very unheavily funded <laughs> disease, and for you know obviously cancer is terrible, but I mean if we could put any form of the amount of money we put towards that towards this, I mean it would do wonders for that community, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah, definitely.
0: And just medical, all medical diseases overall. I mean, it is it is a tragic thing, and I know you know as much as I do. Criticize scientists at times; they do work very hard to try and find cures to diseases like this.
1: Well, yeah, and because I think I forgot to mention, it's it's a very rare disease. This is not a common one like like breast cancer or lung cancer or um, what's another good one like Down syndrome. It's a very, very, very rare disease. Especially because MPS type two only happens in boys, and it's not—I don't know the exact numbers of the rarity, but it is very rare. Um, and so that means that a lot of doctors just aren't informed on that disease, like with with different types of cancer, like like lung cancer, breast cancer, Throat brain cancer. cancer, yeah, tongue cancer. Okay, they, I, I just know people with that. So yeah. They they have a lot of research on cancer because like they've been able to run tests on all these people who donate their organs when they have cancer and it's just been around for forever and there's it's so common that like every doctor is aware about it and especially popular diseases like CF or just stuff like that but with MPS most doctors aren't educated on it in school like you don't see it you don't see a lot of patients with it you might come across one in your lifetime but that is very rare because there's not a ton of um patients with mps in like every state so it's it's very very unfortunate that it's it's very hard to like get answers when there is an issue with my brother because the doctors they just don't have an answer so
0: and i've firsthand seen that you've been dealing with this your whole life of the worry of him passing away. I mean, anytime your mother calls at an odd hour of the night, does that thought creep into your mind at times?
1: Um, Before he was hospitalized in January, I would say no. I mean, a little bit. However, I definitely wasn't as worried with it. But after he first got pneumonia and was put in the ICU, the PICU, pediatric ICU, which is intensive care unit for... 3 months in the beginning of it was right after new year's actually which, of this year 2023 yes right after new year's and mm-hmm. after that like whole experience seeing him and he died like almost very close i don't want to say he died he almost died two times in the hospital so that was very very scary um and so yeah after he got out of the hospital thankfully it's we've been more on our toes because there's just now that he has a trach, it's just, there's just so much more stuff that could go wrong and I just, I just, you just never know.
0: It's, you know, I'm always here for you as I'm sure you know and I mean, this is, this has consumed your family but I mean, it's truly brought you guys into different paths of life, you know, connected you all and it's definitely, definitely a blessing in disguise but I mean, a very rough blessing, you know, a lot of lessons learned but I mean, it's, it's something it's some that you guys will remember the rest of your lives, and you know Peyton continues to fight on to this day. And I mean, you know he is he is at the ICU now, isn't he?
1: Yes, he is not admitted for a sickness. They are running some EEGs and like brain tests, you know, like CAT scan and stuff like that because he has. They found out after his doctor's appointment visit like a week ago that he's been having. I cannot remember the name. Starts with a G type of seizure he's been having this type of seizure where it's like a laughing attack and he Mm. just has uncontrollable laughter and it's a seizure in his brain and Mm. it would be fine like everyone's like oh like look he's just so happy but it's just uncontrollable laughter to where the point like he isn't able to breathe and so they brought him in to like hopefully get some answers and some medication but then after that visit he has been sleeping like 16 hours a day Which is twice the normal amount, like, if you are lucky to sleep eight hours a night, of someone, like, normal. And so, yeah, they brought him in to the ER, and now he's in the ICU and getting some tests done to hopefully find some answers to that.
0: That is, you, I'm praying for him. I know all my family is praying for him. And let's hope everything's good. He'll be able to come home as usual. Mm-hmm. And I thank you very much for educating everyone. If we could leave, on, leave off this topic on a funny note of sorts, um, some memories of when you guys were younger with him. I do know that he was known to put you in headlocks, headbutt <laughs> you, pull your hair. He was a very aggressive younger brother of sorts. He was
1: an aggressive lover. Um, that was kind of his way of showing love. Like, he would grab my neck, put me in headlock to kiss me on the cheek. And it's like, thanks, dude, but... He- he just gave me whiplash flash there, and yeah, he was he was so funny as a kid. His favorite word was mine. Anyone tried to take away, he had a little snack cup full of the s'mores goldfish, which I don't even think they make anymore. That was s'mores, his favorite goldfish. What? Yeah, it was, it was s'mores flavored goldfish, and that was his favorite. And if anyone tried to take that away, he would yell mine at you. Or just like any movies, he's he's a movie lover. He loves movies. Oh, all the Pixar, Especially, all the Disney, yeah, Cars, Toy Story, and he would even cry at one part in Monsters Inc. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, it's there's so many good memories. He's he's always so funny and so energetic.
0: Definitely um, not aware of his strength with <laughs> when he was uh, trying to give you hugs and such.
1: Oh, he is—he's he's so strong. Just the way his body is shaped, he's very short because his bones didn't you know they can't fully grow because of the Uh disease but he is just like wide like he's big he isn't anymore because he has been in the hospital so much and doesn't can't eat himself so he has feeding tubes so he's lost weight everyone who was younger he was a big boy and he just would ram into you and headbutt my dad whenever he got home and headbutt you and it just it hurt and he would pull my hair and yeah yank it out he was he was very strong his little
0: tiny Uh, age and as much as this um diseases take its toll he will always be your little brother won't he
1: yeah
0: and i love that all right we're gonna take one more little break and then we're gonna end off with a little ranking i mean you know you know i love my ranking so we will we're gonna rank ryan gosling movies we'll talk about that in a second before we actually get into the ranking i i did forget to ask you you have mentioned this to me in the past how um how Peyton's disease has influenced what you're choosing to do now with college and even your future career you want to go into?
1: Yeah. So well, okay, let's I'll go back to when I was younger. When I was younger yeah. I tagged along to almost every single one of his doctors appointments and hospital stays because he has had countless surgeries, like literally countless, um, and just hospitalizations for different sicknesses and infections and stuff like that and countless doctor appointments because he has literally a medication for like pretty much every single thing in his body like every single organ like literally everything and he's even more now that he has a trach and stuff like that but um, when i was younger and especially before i started like kindergarten i tagged along to every single doctor visit and then even throughout school like i would still go on the weekends and after school. And I just kind of like the hospital became my second home, which is like kind of a weird thing to say. And it's, it seems kind of sad, but it really wasn't because I just I loved the children's hospital um, because it was just like they had a playroom full of toys. And my little my youngest brother, who actually has autism, he's on the spectrum, um, not severe to where at some points like some kids with autism, they don't talk and. But he is, he is verbal. He's more, um, less severe. However, it still has affected him. He had to go to some therapies like speech therapy when he was younger to kind of learn how to talk more because he's had a little bit of a speech impediment because of that and like anger management and just stuff like that. I would say he's certainly
0: better. Like if you hadn't told me he had autism, you probably wouldn't notice it
1: oh yeah my friends tell me that all the time it's like everyone they're like oh he little brother Logan has autism (laughs) and I'm like yeah and they're like I never would have guessed that and it's like yeah until you see him have a meltdown but it's it definitely has gotten better as he's getting older which is good um but anyways yeah I would just like running around the hospital and like just having everyone know our family which is kind of sad because that means that we're there all the time however we always had most of the time i don't say always most of the time had great staff hospital staff taking care of Peyton, and i don't know everyone just made it so fun like they would just they there was a little snack room on the floor that he would always stay in and i would go in there and steal the snacks and the they'd pop and like popsicles i loved that for sure because you know my mom didn't buy that stuff at home and it's like oh, my gosh, all this candy and treats and pop that I can have. But it's kind of sad to think about. A kid's dream. Yeah, at the hospital. It's kind of sad to think about because while I was, you know, like living my best life at the hospital, if you want to say, like my brother was going through like infusions or treatments or stuff like that. But just that whole experience is definitely something that no one I know like has experienced. Like no one I know has grown up in the hospital like I have and that has just put into perspective so many different things like i i i don't judge people like if i see someone that looks different than me like someone with down syndrome is a good example i don't like think oh they must be like slow i hate that term i hate when people say that because it's just that that's so not true you have no idea how severe their disease is like or anything
0: and before you continue speaking of slurs i do want to talk about a big one that is thrown around a lot you certainly opened my eyes to how hurtful it can be and that is the r word
1: yeah um i do not like the word and it's like people who don't know anyone who has a disease or some something like that illness it's like they don't understand what it means they're like well i'm not using it at that person i'm just telling that to my friends and it's like well Yeah, but that doesn't make it okay. Like you're using it in a derogative way. You're saying that they're dumb by saying, calling them that word or like they're stupid or they're slow. And that's just not true at all to who people who have diseases or stuff like that. And it's, it's very offensive. And I do not like that word. And people will say it like, oh, that you're just like soft. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just not a horrible person. Like, I don't know.
0: No, I, I, I completely agree that it's. The the t- words give them. You. How do. I saw this phrase earlier. It's. Words are the power that you give them. So, I mean, you're not going around calling people the N word, and that's not racist. You're not calling Chinese people the C word. You're not calling Jewish people certain slurs. And that may not apply to certain, like, I'll say sizes. I know people like to throw around the term like, oh, you're a sizist. You're being, like, offensive toward me because of my size. That's a bit more lenient. But when it does come to people with special needs, the R word is hurtful even when you don't mean it directly towards them. You just should not be using that word. And I now notice it a lot more now that I don't
1: use it. Yeah, my my friends even have stopped using it since I met them because they just realized like, hey, this is, I'm using this word in a negative way towards someone. And yeah, we're just like poking fun and like they would have never, they never would say it to someone with special needs. But it's just the fact that you're using it because people used to like call people with special needs that word, like doctors would. And then people started using it in a derogative way and that's when it becomes an issue And so I just don't like it being used at all because you're never using it in a good way to like, mean, Oh, you're so amazing. Like that's just not what that word means. So
0: no, not at all. So visiting the hospital, growing up in the hospital, huge impact on your decision now to want to go into the medical field.
1: Yeah. So back to what I was talking about, um, like just growing up there, I met so many doctors and so when I was little, like, I probably wanted to be, like, a teacher. Like, every typical little girl wanted to be when they're younger <sighs> whatever. But then I was, like, the first one, like, in elementary school. I was, like, I want to be a neurosurgeon.
0: Right and, to the hardest <laughs> surgeon there.
1: <laughs> yep. I was, like, I want to work on brains. Like, I want I want to do that. And then I got told, probably in, like, middle school or something like that, by a neurosurgeon who was, I believe, a student at the time, a resident, I'm Not exactly sure what he was. I think at he was at the hospital, yes, at okay. the hospital while he said in school. There.
0: And I was like, You had a neurosurgeon no. at your school,
1: <laughs> like while I was in middle school. But I was in the hospital with my brother, yes. and I think it was a student at the time he was going to become a neurosurgeon. He says, And my mom, like, mentioned it, oh, Lexi wants to be a neurosurgeon when she gets older. And he's like, Oh, yeah, if you want to not have time for yourself or your family and have a family life. This is the job for you. If not, don't do this job. You will be miserable. Everyone who I know who is older and is a neurosurgeon, they are unhappy with themselves and their life. And it just, Hmm. that just deterred me from it. I know that shouldn't. However, I don't really have a passion for that at all anymore. Like, I think being a brain surgeon could be really cool. Like, that sounds amazing. But I just don't have a drive to just sit there at a. Operating table and work on someone's brain all day, although that sounds amazing. I love dissecting things. I took a anatomy class and I love dissecting like animals and looking at actually like all the organs and body parts. It was amazing, but I just know I don't want to do that for the rest of my life um so then it turned to oh, I want to be a geneticist because genetic geneticists like are the people who basically just like study genes and Peyton, my brother, has an amazing geneticist. His name is Dr. Whitley, I believe. I either I think that's his name. Sounds right. He has since moved to California, which is very sad. Um but oh wait, am I actually saying am I thinking of the right doctor? I don't actually know Whatever if that part name was is. correct. Yes. I don't think that's true. Anyways, he is a great geneticist and he has just like been a huge advocate for Peyton and MPS kids and it's just amazing and they work so hard to try and study the genes and study ways that they can like alter the gene to maybe like create a cure or study them to see like what exactly like is the issue and what they can do to have treatments or you know a cure and so I was like I think that would be really cool like genes interest me like you know learning about them in biology I was like this is really cool But then I was like, well, I think I want to actually work more general. And so now I am going into pediatrics. Hopefully that stays that way. And I don't get scared out of it Um, because I don't know, like we have an amazing pediatrician too that has been the doctor of me and my all my siblings. And she is the one who got and diagnosed. And they're just amazing. Like, yeah, you might have one who doesn't actually enjoy their job and that's very unfortunate but I want to be a pediatrician because I just really want to make an impact on kids' lives and I've seen what a great doctor can do for a family who is struggling with like their kids are struggling with the illness or anything and I just think it would be really cool and I I love kids I do and just being able to work with them and help families through tough times and stuff like that I that's my dream so Peyton has definitely been the reason why I'm going into the medical field. I don't want to say the only reason because I'm definitely interested in the actual like human anatomy part. But he has played a huge role in my decision to go into the medical field and actually be a physician, a pediatrician. So, yeah.
0: I love that. And it's important to have big dreams, big goals. And when you have the backing like you do with Peyton, it's a, such a driving force. I have no doubt you'll achieve this goal. I'm very happy that you're very open and sharing with all this information. I'm happy that you want people to know about this.
1: Well, and I've taken EMR, emergency medical responder. Oh, yeah, sure. AMT. You're certified. <laughs> you're a certified EMT. <laughs> I am. And I took EMT, emergency medical technician, in high school with my favorite teacher in the world. Um, I actually had known her since I was in elementary school because she worked with Peyton when he went to school. And she just, she's an amazing person. What's her name? Share her name. Plug her out there. (laughs) Tracy Johnson. And she is actually a firefighter and EMT. And I loved EMT with all my heart. It was the hardest class I've ever taken. I mean, yeah, I have only gone through high school, but I, it required like seven hours of homework each night, maybe more if I had to study for a test. We had at least minimum of two tests a week. Um, so yeah, it was definitely hard, but it paid off because I passed the na- National Registry for EMT, got my certification. I'm unfortunately not able to work as one right now because in my area, they won't accept you if you are going away to school in, you know, two months, two and a half months, which sucks, but I'm hoping to maybe find one down in the cities or next summer if I can get on it right away and work maybe just at a clinic or possibly in on an ambulance because, I love the whole emergency medicine aspect and just being able to read about the physiology and anatomy of the human body is so interesting to me and I love being able to know what goes on in our body and why it does that and how it does that and being able to like help someone and you know respond to their emergency is just I think would be amazing. I definitely couldn't do it as a full-time career that's not what I'm just I am passionate about it, but I'm not to the point where I would want to work as an EMT or a paramedic every day of my life. So that's why I'm going into pediatrics, because I think it would just fit my personality more and my kind of what I want. But it's definitely something that I have enjoyed, and it's been the most rewarding and fulfilling experience I've had in high school.
0: That is one of the coolest, like, if you want to use video video game terms, side missions. I mean, like... Like, what was I doing my senior year? I was probably, I was like, I was working at Cubs. So when I was stocking produce, when I was stocking apples, you were learning how to perform life-saving surgery on someone. Not surgery, (laughs) life-saving resuscitation. Would that be a good term? There you go. But that's incredible. And I I love that. And that's such a good achievement for you. And you were truly very medically, you have good medical expertise per se.
1: Yes, I definitely was. I don't want to say I definitely wasn't the smartest kid in my EMT class because there was a few boys who just were brainiacs and it was annoying, but you know, whatever. But I, like my teacher and everyone else just kind of knew that I had more of a good background than they did because of Peyton, because I grew up in the hospital. I was around all the terms, like all the anatomy terms and medical terms that they used. And so I kind of had a good basic understanding of it already going into EMR and EMT and so it was pretty easy for me to catch on to everything and, like, understand it, which was very nice. So,
0: so you think if I were to quiz you on terms, you'd be able to rem- remember them all?
1: Oh, yeah. I I follow, like, this page on Instagram called Savage Paramedics, oh, gosh, I think, no. and they put, like, quizzes on their story all the time of, what does this medical term mean, or what is this injury from? Or, and I'm like, I'm, I love taking those. Yeah,
0: they'll show like car accidents of like people severed <laughs> in half. Oh my god. They gosh. show
1: gruesome pictures and x rays of the most weirdest things, like things shoved up in places and stuck in places where they shouldn't be. And it's like objects that should not be in your body, but people just are dumb enough to put them in there. I don't, I don't
0: Hey, know. don't judge people. Some people have kinks, <laughs> you know? I...
1: Yeah, okay, okay.
0: All right, I'm I'm very happy that you are going into a field you are passionate about for a very good reason.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: So thank you for sharing. Um, wow, we got sidetracked there for a second, but I think we're ready to dive into our final segment. I mean, this has flown by, hasn't it? Or do you feel it's? Do you feel like we just begun?
1: Yeah, kind of.
0: So we'll dive in. We are going to rank our top five Ryan Gosling movies. I know it's not top ten because have you seen ten Ryan
1: Gosling movies? I think I've seen only seven, so I'm
0: yeah. I'm at six right now. I'm in the process of watching seven, and then I have three more to watch. And then yes, maybe on the next episode or the one after, I will give a full breakdown of my top ten Ryan Gosling episodes. But the whole reason we're doing this is because of Barbie. It's yeah. fresh in our minds. I can't stop singing. I'm just Ken or Push the cover of the Matchbox Twenty song. And we all know from my Barbie Mania episode how um into Ryan Gosling I am. So do you wanna go over our top five movies and then round it out? Sure. Alrighty, so do you have your list? I do. Alright, so I have mine and my so these movies are based on what I how good I thought Ryan Gosling's performance in this was, okay? If we were to rank purely on movie itself, my list might be a bit different, but I went on my ranking of Ryan Gosling. I don't know how you did yours. Maybe you did yours on what movie you thought was best.
1: No, I did it more on his character. Like, his performance but also his character, like, which I liked the best, which is correlates to his performance. So.
0: Okay, so number five, what do you got?
1: Number five, I put The Gray Man, which is a newer movie on Netflix. I believe it's produced by Netflix. I don't know. We watched it recently together a couple times, and I liked it. Um, like, the movie itself was really good, but his character just, like, he didn't actually see a lot of about his character, like, or his character development. It was more of just, like, an action movie, which I love them, but, like, I just, I don't know, I felt like he has done better acting and have better characters in other movies.
0: No, yes, I have The Grey Man also. At number five, Ryan Gosling stars as six, this former convict of sorts who works for the cia and i mean he's his opponent in the film his nemesis is chris evans so i mean their chemistry is so funny i mean the definition of two actors who just give comedy one-liners while fighting so i didn't enjoy that movie but it is at number five for me which i mean you may be saying oh it's at number five of seven movies you've seen for lexi and six movies i've seen but i still liked it and i think we've watched it twice
1: maybe I, yeah, something like that. One. I believe it's it. It's a good movie. It
0: is very good. So do you want to move into number four?
1: Sure. I put Crazy Stupid Love. Oh,
0: okay. I have Crazy Stupid <laughs> Love at number okay. four as well.
1: Copying my list. All right. Um, I don't know, like I love that movie is so funny and it's 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 an amazing movie. But like again, like that movie is so just like fast paced and there's so many characters that you don't actually see Ryan Gossing like the whole entire time. So it's like I loved his character his character but at the same time it was not like my favorite just because it wasn't solely about him you know
0: yes so that's actually why it's at four for me if we were to go on movie as a whole it's actually probably either my first or second and i actually truly love this movie steve carell oh we should do steve carell movie rankings next (laughs) would you do that we've seen a lot of steve carell yeah i mean the office is a cult class it's just one of my most favorite series but yes i mean you have him you have emma stone i mean her and ryan gosling have so much chemistry. I mean, Julianna Moore's in the film. You have Marcia Tomey. She's the uh, aunt from, uh, she's Aunt May from Spider-Man, if no one knows who that is from the MCU. And uh, Kevin Bacon's even in this film. So, I mean, crazy, stupid love. I love this movie, but it is at number four for me. So, number three. I know we actually have different number threes I'm seeing. So, my number threes actually The Notebook.
1: What? That's
0: right. It's because I just did see it. I actually did put two movies ahead of it, but The Notebook is my number three. Definitely in love with this movie, having just seen it. <laughs> and I know it is more of a girly movie, but I will admit that it, it was a tearjerker. It was a very good movie. And uh, it is at number three for me, just because it is. It kind of does flop between him, Rachel McAdams, and then the older versions. So, Ryan Gosling, as much as he is the lead, it is kind of a four-person lead. Would you, would
1: you agree? I, I don't think so. I mean, the old people are definitely in the movie a little bit, but the majority of it is Ryan Gosling. The old people are more towards the end as them because their story's over, but like, I think it was Ryan Gosling like 95, 96% okay. of the time.
0: Okay. What's your number three then?
1: My number three would be Barbie because like, he did an amazing job at Ken. It was actually really funny because, like, he portrayed the way that young girls like me used to play with our Barbies, like, so correctly. Like, Barbie, like, how they showed her, she would float down from the roof, and then you would have, you know, Barbie and Ken be boyfriend and girlfriend, but it's, like, we were little, so we didn't actually know what being boyfriend and girlfriend meant. We just knew the terms, and we're, like, oh, yay, like, they're going to have a sleepover. And it just, like... He played it perfectly and I loved his role. He was he was very funny, very great. Um but like it wasn't like a deep role, I guess. It wasn't my favorite of his role that he has played. It was a very good one and a very funny one, lighthearted one. But not my favorite, but a very, very good one. Yes,
0: one. I see where you're coming from. And that's actually why it's not in my top five. I mean it could move around a bit when I do my top ten list. But the only reason I didn't put it there is because as much as Ryan Gosling is one of the main characters, he's actually second fiddle to Margot Robbie, who is Barbie. So he does kind of fall into that. He's not a side character. He is a main character. He is almost – he falls probably just under the amount of screen time Margot Robbie has. I mean he is a main person, but I do say this movie is targeted more towards girls – so he does fall into this comedic relief of sorts. I mean, what's his, his only serious part in the film is when he's realizing men rule the world. And he's like, oh, well, how about, how about the Kens rule
1: Barbie land? I would say it's at the end when Barbie's like, you need to find your own self.
0: That was actually my least favorite part of Ken for me. I mean, <laughs> S- Sigma male Ken was hilarious. <laughs> so um, we'll get into our number two because I see we do have the same number two. That's right. I have La La Land at number two.
1: That is a surprise to me because I have loved the La La Land movie since I first watched it when I was, I don't even know, like 12, 13, whenever it came out. I watched it as soon as it came out. Um, It's just an amazing movie. The production, the music, the dance, everything. I love it. Ryan Gosling's character, I love him. He has such depth in that movie and I don't know. I just, I just love his character in that movie because it, as, I don't know. He just portrays the reality of modern relationships so well, and I just, I loved his character so much.
0: Yes, I mean this movie won so many Academy Awards, BAFTA Awards. I mean Emma Stone won leading actress, leading actress, the Oscar, mm-hmm. and I will say the ending caught me so off guard. That is why it landed at number two, and. There's just, I don't know why I just find it so fascinating when actors act as actors in a movie. (laughs) It just makes it so much better. Yeah. And this, this, the reason that this passes the notebook for me is because the notebook is a fairy tale ending. La La Land is truly a real ending of not, so anyone who hasn't seen La La Land, skip this. But La-, like 10 years ago. La La Land does end with um, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling not ending up together. And this crazy montage at the end is just what has stuck with me when she walks, she's heading to something with her current husband. They walk into a club of sorts and she, it turns out it's Ryan Gosling's jazz club you'd always wanted to open. And right when he starts to play, this whole alternate reality floods through her mind. And when Ryan Gosling finishes the song, she snapped back into reality. And they finally go their f- final ways for good. Mm-hmm. And the story, Ryan, is amazing. And be honest, did you ever think I would like a movie where they break out into play at <laughs> dancing I scenes all the time? I did not think
1: you were going like Lawland at all because it's, it's, it's a more slow movie. Like it's not all, like the notebook is so dramatic and like just full of love, but La Land is so real like they argue they fight over like their careers and like not having all this time for each other and they want different things and it's just so real and it gets kind of slow at times but it's also like that's the point like it's showing life and what a relationship is like especially for people who are pursuing pursuing big like career goals so I'm surprised well, you liked it but the, I'm glad you did the callbacks
0: were crazy in this movie I mean think about it. it opens with this giant dance scene on the highway Then you see Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling flip each other off. And then you see where Emma Stone goes from that point. Then you see where Ryan Gosling goes from that point where they come together. And how about J.K. Simmons, a popular actor, as just the manager of a club? (laughs) I I always love when big actors are like minor roles in films Mm -hmm. because they always give like such a good performance for such a small character. Yeah. All right. La La Land. I mean, what would you give that movie out of 10?
1: Well definitely a 10 out of 10 it's, I've watched it like a million times Like it's it's just my favorite I just I love I love the music I love the dancing I love their characters I love the story I just I've loved the movie Ever it, since I first watched it It
0: gets a 9.1 for me Because I just I don't throw 10 out of 10s out there Too often
1: What's a 10 out of 10 movie for you?
0: A 10 out of 10 movie for me
1: What's a good example of that? People oh know.
0: gosh I need to see my DVDs We have a <laughs> lot of DVDs somehow Think
1: of more like a recent one Like a, some Marvel movie or something A Marvel
0: know. movie? You see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 I loved, it still does not get 10 out of 10 For me
1: Like I, Endgame, Infinity War, those are 10 out of 10s for me
0: Those are like 9.5s For me I tr- I like Infinity
1: to s- War? Like Endgame is not 10 out of 10 for you
0: No I like to save my 10 out of 10 that is just I'd, crazy. Okay, you okay? So if anyone doesn't know, I'm actually a Planet of the Apes fan. Oh so gosh. War for the Planet of the Apes would probably be a 9.8 for me. That's the greatest trilogy of all time.
1: Okay, so you just actually don't give out tens at all. I see. All
0: right. No, uh, you're a 10 out of 10. How about that?
1: How about that? You're a 10 movie, out of 10 girlfriend.
0: Okay. Should we do? Should we give away our number ones? Sure. Sure. All right. Do you want to do yours first or mine?
1: I'll do mine. Mine is The Notebook because, oh my gosh, I love Varn Gossing in this movie so much. It was probably like, probably the first movie that I've watched him in. And uh, he is just like the perfect guy that every little girl who watched The Notebook wanted to be with. He built, um, built a house for yeah, a while. Yeah, he built, he built a whole house <laughs> her for her. Her dream house. And he built it exactly the way that she wanted. And even though they weren't together, he still built it for her. Not knowing if they were ever going to end up together. And just the way that they are. And it was just... I loved his character so much. Like, he was, like, my first crush ever. Like, I wanted to be Ryan Gosling's wife because of that movie. Like... His character is just—it was so good, and I still love that movie to this day. And I, I don't, I don't think I cry every time, as I usually do, but I definitely get teary-eyed. It's—I just, I just love it so much.
0: Yeah, it certainly is very good. I'll um, oh, make sure to buy an abandoned barn and recreate your uh, dream house for you, because that's what all girls want.
1: That's my expectation.
0: And first, let me join the army, lose my best friend. Um, my dad has to die. I, yeah. I have to work in a coal mine my whole <laughs> life or a lumber yard. I don't know, but so my number one is the nice guys. I really. Oh my! I have seen this movie twice, and both times I've just I've loved it. Start to fish. Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe stars these nineteen seventies, maybe nineteen sixties or seventies cops or one. Actually, Ryan Gosling. I think they're both private investigators or something, but. Their chemistry is amazing. The comedy is amazing. It is a thriller. The plot twists are crazy. And where The Notebook was your first Ryan Gosling introduction, this was my first Ryan Gosling introduction. This was actually the first time I had seen him in a movie. And I, this movie had been a hit in theaters. And it's a shame they're not making a sequel to this because I would love a sequel to this. It is just, I don't know if it's a bro movie, but it certainly is a movie I feel guys would appreciate more because it is just Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe fighting bad guys. But it's not – comparing it to The Gray Man where you have Ryan Gosling just as this mega hero fighting bad guys, I mean, explosions and stuff, there's none of that in this. This is a very realistic film of sorts, and, I mean, Ryan Gosling suffers so much pain in this. He gets beat up so much. But it's Ryan Gosling. I mean, who doesn't love Ryan Gosling? Um, So, yeah, those are our top five lists. The movies I still have to see are First Man, where I believe Ryan Gosling stars as, like, a biopic of Buzz Aldrin or whoever the first astronaut was. Drive, which I've heard is one of his, like, first breakout performance films. Blade Runner 2049, which is a super popular film I haven't seen. And I'm halfway through The Big Short, which is about the mm, housing crash, which I think I mentioned earlier, so... Are there any Ryan Gosling movies you want to watch? I mean, he doesn't have too many, actually.
1: I feel like I've seen them all. Maybe, maybe Drive and Big Shot. I don't know. The popular ones that I haven't seen yet. But, yeah. Yeah, maybe,
0: like, Drive. We can see. I mean, we can always watch those. We, we always have time to watch movies. That is true. So, yeah, I mean, that is all I got for you. Anything else you want to talk about?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: No, I mean, this has been a very informative podcast. I mean, certainly the most I've talked about movies on this show. I mean, you told us all about yourself, which is what I love. I love hearing about you. I love hearing about uh, some other future guests we might be having, you know, just diving into their backgrounds. You educated, educated us on Peyton's disease. I mean, talked about your goals, your aspirations, what's going on at college and you know even being a christian you know it's it's tough to open up about all this stuff and i just thank you for coming on and sharing
1: anytime
0: anytime we'll have to have you back of course so if you could leave people with a message of hope what would it be just a sentence just something
1: um just that you're not alone and i know that's like cheesy and you hear it from everyone but it's actually really true um i've seen people battle with depression Depression and suicide and it's just, it sucks. And just knowing that you're not alone, even if you don't believe in God or Jesus, like they are with you and you do have people who love you out there and yeah, you're just, you're never alone. So.
0: I love that. It's so true in every aspect. I mean, God is always with you. And if you refuse to acknowledge God, just know your family is still always with you. I mean, you are truly never alone. I love that. I love that very much, Lexi. Thank you again for coming on the podcast.
1: It was a pleasure. I'd
0: love to hear that. All right, we're going to end it there. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you were surprised. I certainly was surprised. I mean, I've been what, dating you for two years. I'm hearing, I'm hearing some new things. I mean, I love it. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back with another UFC-related episode coming up. But as always, I hope you were surprised. Have a good day. God bless.